0: Hello there. I'm Rowan Williams. I'm Baz McAllister. And welcome to Force Material, the show that's all about watching Obi-Wan Kenobi and then chatting about it with your mates. Where this week we are catching up on two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, part four and part five, in advance of the big finale, part six, this week. If it's really the finale. I mean, Ewan McGregor's teasing part seven, part eight, part nine at Star Wars Celebration. So who knows? But as far as we know, Baz... It's all it's all finishing up this week.
1: That would be good though, wouldn't it? That would be like a Grogu level secret, I suppose. <laughs> Despite the fact that he's trying to blow it. It would be great to <laughs> to leave it on such a massive cliffhanger that there there has to be another episode at least, if not another series.
0: Mm. That would I also think that would be, be great. That would also be a great twist on the you know everybody's done the surprise drop thing now. Like everybody's sort of done the you know, Beyonce started the surprise drop with albums and then (laughs) Cloverfield Paradox did it for movies. And I'm sure there's been other TV shows and movies since then. The new new thing could be the surprise continuation where like you think one week is the final episode of the show. And then they're like, no, it's still going next week. Episode seven coming up next Wednesday, book it in, you know, so that who knows that anything could happen.
1: That's yeah. A man can dream, you know, (laughs) why not?
0: It does feel though, Baz, would you say after these two episodes that we are headed towards, you know, something climactic? It feels like we are building towards a, a big conclusion here this week.
1: Mm-hmm. It does. And, um, I mean, just to sort of jump forward, it, it feels like, uh, you know, now that Reva, or, is it Reva or Reva? It's Reva. It's isn't Reva. It? Yeah. Now that Reva knows about the existence of the other kid on Tatooine, um, she's probably going to try and find him right you would think yeah you would think uh, maybe as a, as a way of like if she knows that's anakin's other kid that's another good way of drawing him out again if she thinks she's up to facing him
0: well let's let's just go straight to that then because that is the the big cliffhanger that you know that 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 uh, the elephant in the room heading into this week's episode yeah Did we think reva does know that let's let's sort of look at what we know reva knows so Reva knew that Obi-Wan had some sort of connection to Bail Organa, like she found in the archives that they were friends. Um, She exploited that by obviously kidnapping Leia. And now she knows from Bail Organa, from the sort of garbled um, message that she was able to hear, that there is another child on Tatooine with Owen, who she has extremely conveniently met already. So she doesn't necessarily have any sense that these children are you know not the biological children of the people who they are who they've been left with but she's pretty cluey so she might have just pieced that together
1: yeah i have the feeling that if she hasn't pieced it together by now she will very early in the next episode somehow mm. and that'll just give everything a, an extra frisson Mm. Uh, going into this final ep. And uh, I, I, I'm i just not sure whether Vader will be a part of this hunt and if he is, how can his memory be erased <laughs> so that it <he> doesn't... <laughs> um, but, Why you know, the there's a possibility... That, at
0: the vertical Doc memory at the end of episode six.
1: Yeah, there's the possibility that it can. I mean, we haven't seen Qui-Gon yet. And I would say that's a dead cert for episode six now. Some kind of force ghost, Qui Gon.
0: I've totally forgotten about that. But you're, but you're right. that has to, yeah. that has to be the end of the series.
1: Yeah, and and you know if he doesn't just appear to Obi Wan, if he can appear to Darth or Anakin as well, then the one person that might have a chance of reaching Anakin is Qui Gon, or affecting him in some way, or maybe even controlling a part of his mind that would allow him to forget certain information. So mm. I think that Ghost Qui-Gon could be instrumental to, you know, uh, basically leaving us back to the clean slate that Episode 4 starts with. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, sorry. Because yeah. I just I don't see a way that Vader can't be involved in Episode 6. It can't just be Kenobi racing to stop Reva from getting to Luke. It's It's got to have something to do with Darth in it. And mm. I just don't know what that would be yet.
0: I think you're right. I mean, I think... A Darth is such a commanding presence and, and, and fans now have sort of got that expectation that, you know, when they tune in, they're going to see Darth in the series. So, you know, it would be weird to have him in three consecutive episodes and then not have him in the big finale episode. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like it's going to be tricky story wise to sort of think of a, you know, a logical reason for him to be particularly involved in this without yeah, you know, without finding out about Luke and, um, you know, the Qui-Gon thing you mentioned is interesting because it sort of, it does, you know, it's one of those things that once you start thinking about this stuff, it sort of raises the question of like, well, if Qui-Gon could talk to people through the Force, you know, why didn't he ever try and sort of reason with Anakin and talk to Anakin? And, the, and obviously the real world answer is, well, Qui-Gon didn't exist when, you know, episodes four, five, and six were, were filmed. But maybe, yeah. you know, the in-universe answer is he did. And and Darth, you know, maybe he maybe he's been sort of trying to, you know, bring Darth back to light for years, and Darth has just been sort of ignoring him, or you know, so yeah, who's to say?
1: Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, because again, I can't sort of see all the subplots seem to have been put by the wayside now. It's you mm. know, all the subplots with the path and and the refugees and all that kind of stuff is is kind of gone now, and it's really just distilled down to this can Kenobi stop Reva in time? And of course, she, he, he can. But, you know, what chaos mm. could she sow? Mm. Um, she's obviously got to further destroy the relationship between him and Owen to the point where Owen just won't give him the time of day anymore, even. Mm. Mm. Yeah. well, um, it's, it has to destroy it to the point where Owen
0: won't give him the time of day by episode four, but is willing to take the T-47 Skyhopper toy from uh, from. <laughs> This is true. Yeah. Because that still has to end up with Luke by the start of episode four.
1: It it might not have been the same uh, Skyhopper. Luke might have saved up with his own money. That's true. um, (laughs) And only been able to buy it by the age of 19. So, (laughs) hence why he still has it as a, a young adult. Meanwhile,
0: ten-year-old Leia is helping the the you know the young the burgeoning rebellion escape uh, the Sith lords and, and what have you. And Luke's like, "Oh wow, it's I like got a toy skyhopper. It's, it's amazing."
1: Uh, so I should I, I I I'm not the one to criticize Luke for playing with toys <laughs> as an adult. Just yeah, this ridiculous. this really should be a video moment, uh, dear listeners. But yeah,
0: Baz has obviously his. Famous rows and rows and rows of uh, of Star Wars toys behind him as we as we speak. Uh, yeah, I,
1: it's it's <laughs> the
0: the show is like it's it's funny that you know it's taken six episodes, but it looks like the sixth episode of the show is going to be sort of the thing that we all thought it was going in where, you know, there's some sort of threat to a young Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan has to stop it. Um which yeah. o- obviously, you know, the, the great sort of slate of hand that this show played was that no Luke had nothing to do with it initially. It was Leia and that was an excuse to get Obi Wan off planet and have all these sort of adventures and come into contact with, with Darth Vader again and meet all these new characters. But yeah, it looks like, you know, everything all roads lead back to 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 Tatooine in, in the end.
1: Yeah. The uh, final shot of, of episode five with mm. Luke sleeping in his little bed is mm. is fantastic. Yeah. Just mm. sets things up really nicely. Deborah mm. Chow's got a flair for ending episodes. Yeah. She really knows how to propel things into the next chapter, you know?
0: Yeah. That yeah. was great. Do you think, speaking of, you know, who knows what that moment just before that shot, just before, just, just before where, uh, Obi-Wan sort of seems to have a bit of a moment of, real- he sort of has a, oh, my God, did I leave the oven on kind of moment yeah. in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the spaceship. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think that's him realising, oh, I gave that communicator to Kumail Nanjiani and he's kind of yeah. an idiot, so I don't know where that thing is now. Um, and there was quite an important and revealing message on that. Or mm-hmm. do you think? Do you think it's more just a general sense of unease that he has there? What, what do you think Ewan's sort of trying to communicate in that in that scene?
1: I I think um, he's felt a disturbance in the force, which is Reva's rage, and at uh, uh, knowing that you know now and discovery of of this information. I think he's felt that. Mm. Not not just thought, oh, where's the communicator? Uh, I think he's he's actually felt her revelation through the Force somehow. Mm. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Because he seems
1: quite attuned to that. You know, obviously, you know, during the destruction of Alderaan, he felt that. But Mm. I I think that he can, you know, that's one of his abilities. He can kind of feel Mm. things that are going to affect the the timeline, as it were, you know. He can feel significant events happening.
0: And obviously, he sort of deliberately, I guess, had kind of switched that off. During the time that he was on Tatooine by himself, yeah, um, which is you know one of the many kind of cool, interesting parallels between um, you know this series and the sequel trilogy that are that are interesting. With you know obviously the uh, Obi Wan Kenobi sort of starts with Obi Wan in a very similar position to Luke in the Last Jedi, Um, and then I think as we were talking through the week about, you know, obviously this episode has a lot of similarities with. You know the end of the Last Jedi, where you've got the the rebels sort of you know huddled together and the, the yeah in this fortress, and the Empire trying to, to break through and and get to them.
1: That's right, and and then you've got this crusty old Jedi who who's the last line of defense, mm. and you know it's it's him that comes up with a plan that is an alternative to fighting, mm. um, which is remarkable. You know, I was thinking about that, you know he. Obi-Wan says it to Han, but it's basically the last piece of Jedi wisdom he really passes on to Luke Mm. during his short period of training. Mm. You know, you can't, we can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting. And Luke would have heard that and taken that lesson on board. And of course he saw um, Obi-Wan sacrifice himself for Luke, which again is an alternative to fighting, but ultimately it provided the victory with Obi-Wan able to help Luke during the battle over the Death Star. Mm. So, you know, it's... uh, it's it's a recurring trope, obviously, and you know both Obi Wan here and Luke in the Last Jedi work out a way involving deception and misdirection to kind of win the day. Mm. Um, that being, you know, in this case, the the fake ship mm. um, <laughs> that they they used to to distract to distract Vader while the real one kind of powers up and ridiculously fast takes off (laughs) uh, in the background. And, uh, you know, I I, I didn't, I think we were talking as well about this. I didn't see the second ship in the hangar when the first one touched down. I had to kind of rewind and make sure that there was something else there because I I initially thought the ship that Vader pulls down is entirely an illusion. Yeah. Um, But that, you know, that would have been a very powerful illusion for Obi-Wan to do, especially now he's kind of taking baby steps back through the force again. Well, especially um, because
0: it, it seemed like Vader was sort of able to physically, you know, interact with it yeah. in a way that we haven't really seen with, like, four solutions, at least in the middle of true, the yeah. yeah. before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, the, the, I had to rewind that moment with the second ship as well. But, you know, it is, mm. it is there, so fair play to them. They just sort of successfully yeah. hit it amongst some some rocks in the background <laughs> before it makes that incredibly speedy exit.
1: I hope there was a droid flying it or something. I feel sorry for the person that, that had to rem- remain behind <laughs> to face the music.
0: It does. It is. It is one of those things where it's like it's. It's really cool. And then when you sort of think about it, you're like, I don't know if this sort of makes any sense. Like, wouldn't it have been quicker to just get straight on the transport and leave <laughs> rather than set up a fake transport and, you know, wait until Darth gets there and then distract him with that. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's just, there's a lot of stuff in this episode where I was like, I don't know if this makes any sense, but I'm enjoying the episode so much that I don't really care. Like just, yeah. Just generally, and I mean, this is this is something where you know we've seen this in, in plenty of Star Wars stories. But I'm always sort of confused by the stories where you know there's a star destroyer overhead or whatever, and they're like, we've got to we've got to escape, we've got to get out through the thing. And it's like, okay, but not the like, wouldn't the star destroyer just destroy them as soon as they leave the the hangar? Like, I was I was I was like, am I missing something obvious here, or what? What was your take
1: on that? Hmm, a small moving target that far away mm-hmm. in an atmosphere. Yeah, fair enough. I, like I don't know. I, yeah, it's it's just plot armor, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think Star Destroyers are pretty good at bombarding static targets on planets and you know shredding anything that gets close enough to them. But I think maybe at at long range, like the, like for this kind of thing, it might mm. they might be not that great. You, that's why you want your Dreadnought type star destroyers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the big guns. Well, that's um,
0: true, and I guess it's not like the star destroyer can just sort of like it doesn't know what direction their ship's going to take off in when it leaves the. Yeah, hammer. and they mm. can't just sort of aerially bombard the entire area because obviously Darth's Darth and the Grand Inquisitor Darth Vader and the Grand Inquisitor are down there, so you know yeah. they can't kill them. So yeah, all right, I I buy that. That makes sense. I was wrong. It is actually that is a that is a fairly logical escape plan they had then.
1: Thank you. I'm applying to the Imperial Navy to be a, a strategist. Um, so I think they'll they'll take my uh, application next year. I think after the harvest. Um, now, while, while, while it was you're pretty cool to
0: Imperial Strategy, Baz. Just quickly, mm-hmm. can you explain the strategy behind? Uh, you know, because that one I wasn't sure about. That one I'm like, I'm probably missing something here, and it turns out, yes, I was. I'm an idiot. This one, I, I feel like it will be harder to explain. Um, what's up with Darth Vader and the Grand Inquisitor being so confident that Reva will die that they just kind of walk off and leave her to recover from exactly the same injury the Grand Inquisitor just recovered from? I
1: don't know. I, <laughs> unless unless they they want her to survive, knowing what mm. she now knows, and and that'll drive her to do something else that they're puppeteering. Mm. That's the only logical explanation I can see for not just chopping her head off. Mm. Um, I also think it was a, a bit of a risk to to allow her to stab the Grand Inquisitor as part of their plan, yeah, not I knowing that he would recover. You know,
0: I don't know if that was – maybe that wasn't part of the plan, and then once it happened, they just kind of rolled with it you know they were like well i didn't think you'd actually you know try and kill the existing grand inquisitor but that that has accelerated the the plan i guess
1: yeah and and you know again she could have and should have dissected him into tiny little parts rather than just stabbing him in the gut and walking away yeah so you know it's uh, yeah you, you never you never let your enemy re- you know potentially recover from a wound do you but in star wars they do it all the time they do it all the know? time <laughs> it's like it's it's particularly ironic that Qui Gon died from exactly that, yeah, <laughs> just being stabbed in the in the chest or the guts, <laughs> and then everyone else who gets stabbed in the in that area, miraculous
0: recoveries fine. aren't the good guys, you know. Good good yeah. guys, uh, they they accept their fate and they die, but the bad guys hang on and and come back. I guess
1: that's it. Even Fennec Shand, you know, gut shot makes mm. full recovery. Mm. Grand Inquisitor, gut shot makes full recovery. Reaver, yeah. presumably got shot makes full recovery. Yeah, it's it's kind of just like the equivalent of falling down a big shaft. Um, <laughs> the uh, the
0: end of Reservoir Dogs would be very different if it was set in the Star Wars. <laughs>
1: universe. Yes,
0: Tim Roth <laughs> would have lived for sure. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That was it. Was it's it's a bit weird, but uh, like I get that. I, it sounds like I'm I'm sort of criticising it over just ridiculous things because you know every. Star Wars show or every every show in general has things where you just have to suspend your disbelief. I, I do feel like with this show there's been, like there, there is an element with like with Reva surviving here or like with the Kenobi escape, the slow moving escape in episode three where the, they've kind of written themselves into these situations they don't know how to get out of and then they're just like, this will do. You know, like this. <laughs> yeah. It's it's fine. Like, whatever. The next episode needs to happen. So, you know, this out of character thing can happen to enable this character su- to survive. It's fine. And, like, ultimately it is fine. And it goes back to, you know, like Star Wars is obviously based on year old sort of 30s serial sort of storytelling where you know someone goes over the edge of a waterfall at the end at the end of one chapter yeah. and at the start of the next chapter they're they're okay somehow and you don't question it you just you just keep going um yeah. and so yeah there's a bit of that going on in this series i think
1: <laughs> i have thought about the um the lightsaber to the gut wound mm-hmm. and you know as we know from reservoir dogs and i think as i discovered for the first time while watching reservoir dogs you know Gut shot's a horrible way to die. It can take you mm. days, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but if you get stabbed in the guts with a lightsaber, it would instantly cauterize, right? So it looks like the thing that kills you from a gut shot is the blood loss because you can't stop it. Mm. But if you get lightsaber in the guts and it comes out and it seals all the holes behind it or mm. cauterizes all the the, the blood vessels, mm. then you're not going to bleed from it. And you know we don't see anyone bleeding mm. from those wounds in Star Wars. So, yeah, maybe it's it's completely survivable. But, you know, that leaves the, uh, <laughs> leaves the, question, <laughs> of the question of why do you keep trying to kill people that way? <laughs> keep trying to kill people that way. You've got something <laughs> that will cut through anyone. Why would you stab in the same hole and, and just draw it straight out again? Like stab in the hole and go sideways. Well, I can't Please. be
0: the only person who thought, you know, when I'm sure I'm sure you're you probably thinking the same thing, Baz. When he had, you know, he's he's wielding the two lightsabers, yeah. And he's got Reva kneeling in front of him. I'm yeah. like, oh he's gonna he's gonna do her. Like
1: do-ku. this is gonna be
0: brutal. <laughs> and then no, uh, he goes with the uh the completely survivable lightsaber to the gut
1: instead. Yeah. I, 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 he must have further uses for her. He must have some kind of further use for her. Mm. Maybe maybe he thinks that, you know, she's so desperate to kill him that she'll uncover something. Mm. Uh, you know, she'll uncover something about him that he wants to know himself and he'll be able to find out you know mm. namely that he's got kids and <laughs> they're hidden you know
0: yeah yeah
1: but he he maybe senses that that there's something you know that that she has to do with him that uh, you know that she'll pass on some information to him in the future if he mm. allows her to or maybe I mean, palpatine's told him to keep her alive yeah you know because he can see the future
0: yeah I mean, it makes sense, you know, bad guys are are sort of famously arrogant as well. So I guess that's part of it. You know, he's just like, he doesn't rate Reva. So he doesn't really think that her chances of survival are, you know, are very high. Um, I did enjoy in this, as much as I, as much as I love Reva as a character, the fight with her and Vader went basically how you would imagine a fight between, you know, anyone any any of the sort of lower level you know uh imperial force users and darth vader would go and then he just completely wiped the floor with her so that was yeah it
1: was so good Mm. he didn't even need to draw his own weapon Mm. at any point you know it's just yeah playing with
0: her yeah it was was so fun to see like a lightsaber duel where one of the you know one of the participants doesn't even need a lightsaber like it was it was a great sort of uh We've gotten a lot of really cool Darth Vader moments in this. Mm -hmm. That was definitely.
1: Yeah. It was, it was very martial arts fight. Mm. You know, it was very, Mm. very very sort of disciplined movements. And obviously with the force. Yeah. Augmenting those, but yeah, Mm. really good.
0: It was, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, the old master sort of toying with the, you know, the young novice who can't, who can't land a punch through the fight. A million percent.
1: Um, Yeah. And really awesome to see Darth Vader with two lightsabers for for the first time, I think. So, yeah.
0: That was such a cool moment when he broke the saber in half and then just sort of handed her the other one, like, here you go. You know, what are you you going to do? (laughs) You know, fair fair enough. (laughs) I did love the... I love the revelations about Reva in this episode um, Mm. in terms of... I think this is basically what a lot of people were thinking, right? That she... You know, like we certainly something we've talked about in previous episodes that she was one of the younglings at the temple um, and the idea that she might be trying to sort of get revenge on Darth by getting close to him rather than, you know, just unironically working for Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Um, She's done some terrible things to get to this point, though, right? So it's it's an interesting uh, journey that she's gone on here.
1: Irredeemable. And mm. and it's kind of um interesting that she chose this moment as well to to try and strike him. Mm. Um because it doesn't seem like the best moment. You know, he does have an army kind of just down the hallway. Mm. Even if she gets him, you know, she's got a bit of a mission to get out of there alive. Mm. Maybe she doesn't care about that though.
0: Mm. Yeah, mm. maybe. Maybe once she accomplished the mission, it's like yeah. And that's what she wanted.
1: I feel certain that there would have been other more convenient places to get rid of him down the road. If if not, if they hadn't even cropped up before, you know, Um, this just seems like an odd place to, to try and do it and not a very successful ambush as well. Mm.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, you know, it was interesting. She, he sort of said to her, you know, like, Oh, Obi-Wan was wise to use you basically sort of throwing, mm. throw, saying, you know, Obi-Wan really let you down here, but it's like, yeah, I think I think her own strategy led her led her down there. It just, you know, it wasn't as you say, it wasn't the smartest time. After she spent all this time, you know, getting close to Darth and earning what she thought was his trust, that uh, you know, that was a strange time to try and cash in those chips. When he seemed, yeah. I guess, he was a bit distracted, but like there was nothing else in the room at that point. Like, you know, it it wasn't hugely surprising that he that he was able to sort of sense her creeping up on him.
1: Yeah, I mean just put a bomb in his back to tank or something, you know, like <laughs> Surely she she's got Sure, he has to sleep, mm. you know? He's got loads of opportunities to to get to him. Mm. But she true. picks a moment when he's yeah, yeah, potentially quite drained from what he's just tried to do, but yep. also quite hyped up and alert and ready, you know.
0: Yeah, could go at yeah. that. <laughs> I just realized, too, we talked about some of the inglorious Bastards sort of uh, references or parallels or whatever with some of the earlier episodes in one of the previous pods. And, yeah, Reaver is basically uh, Melanie Lawrence's character from that movie in terms mm. of, you know, the, the, the Nazis sort of kill her family when she's a, a child. And then she um, basically works into a, herself into a position where she can finally strike back at them years and years and years later. Yeah. Um but Yeah, didn't did not work out for her the way that she was um, <laughs> she was not. hoping. Obviously,
1: uh, the other the other reference I quite liked in this one was um, the the clear reference to Vasquez and Gorman's death in Aliens yeah. <laughs> when uh, when Tala and Ned go out with the grenade sacrifice. Yes, I thought it was brilliant. What oh, <laughs> Tala nice though? I, yeah, poor Tala. she
0: will be missed. Rip. She was a yeah huge, fun new character. I mean, it it does sort of seem like a lot of the characters that Obi-Wan interacts with here are sort of, you know, destined to die, um, both to sort of explain why they don't pop up later and maybe to sort of give Leia a bit of an origin story with her kind of initiation into the rebellion and Mm. sort of, you know, seeing the stakes of what all of this means early on. Um, You know, a lot of people, myself included, have kind of poked Gentle fun at, on uh, at uh, at the kind of over the top reaction to the death of Wade in episode four, <laughs> yeah. but I mean that's what that scene's all about, right? It's like it's it's like yeah, sure, we don't really know or we'll care who Wade is, but it's about Leia saying that you know this is this is real stuff, like you know people are willing to die for this, um, and that kind of imprinting on her as a child, I guess, and. And you know, influencing her choices as as an adult, and just generally, yeah, it's about sort of the formation of the rebellion and the moment that these people go from, you know, refugees or people on the run to soldiers, as as they explicitly mm. say in the episode.
1: Yeah, people forget that in Return of the Jedi, we got forty seconds, I think, of a, an Ewok shaking another Ewok yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> after after he, after it died, <laughs> and then just crying a bit. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> it's not the first time Star Wars has placed undue emphasis on a minor character <laughs> death. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, Wade, I one,
0: it was just funny because, like, you know, <laughs> he shows up and they're just like, you know, be careful back there, Wade, or whatever, and he's like, I've, I've got this. Go ahead, guys. And then, you know, she throws the whatever that battery or whatever that is at, 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 at Wade. And then everyone's like, no Wade!" <laughs> and, you know, even by the time they get back to the ship that it's like, we've got a whole, you know, now we've got to tell, you know, O'Shea Jackson about, about Wade, and it just becomes like a whole thing of like, wow, we're really spending a lot of time on, on the death of Wade here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your, what's your read on O'Shea Jackson's character? He's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I like him. Yeah. I, um, I saw
0: someone, I can't remember who it was, uh, sort of criticizing on uh, something on social media this week where people were like, you know, tell me one thing about this, but this character or whatever, you know, this is a, this is such a nothing character. And I'm like, I mean, first of all, he's only been in like two episodes, but I I thought he was pretty cool. I mean, given that, you know, how quickly they're moving through all of this, I thought they did a good job of like it was maybe a little bit awkward the way they kind of fleshed out his backstory. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't know what the empire is capable of. Like, no, let me tell you my backstory. And also now I'm willing to help you. But like, I, I, you know, I get that, but like, you know, we kind of have it both ways. The criticism can't be, we don't know anything about him. And also, he's too willing to tell us his backstory. It's like, well, yeah. you know, one of only one of those things can be true at a time. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a, a good character. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind if he popped back up in something yeah. like and or or something later on.
1: All I needed to know that was that his weapon of choice was a caster. and yeah. I was on board. <laughs> That's pretty good.
0: Mm. Yeah, that was cool. A, um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't die. Like, you know, I was just saying a lot of these characters are dying, but <laughs>
1: hopefully
0: hopefully he hopefully he sticks around.
1: The path has to survive. Yeah. And uh he's, and he's, he has, sorry, yeah, correct. No, right. you go ahead. I was gonna say speaking of the path, we haven't sort of really mentioned um the names of the other Jedi in, in these safe houses um, mm. yet. And and there's been quite a few names on the wall that are drawn from you know extended legends various different places. Mm. Um, I, you know, I jotted down a few of them. I'll pull them up now. But uh, I think there's uh, Roganda Ismarin, mm-hmm. who was in, uh, you know, one of the old novels. Um, there was Jin Altus, who was in a, another Clone Wars novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corwin Shelve from the Star Wars Galaxy um, role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And Tiberius Anderlock was another one. And of course, um uh Hal Horn or um um what's his name, Halkin? It's can't remember his first name, but yeah, it's Hal Horn, 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 Corn Horn's, Horn Horn's father, yeah. yeah. And and I mean, you know, I, I came under a little bit of criticism for this <laughs> during the week, but I, I had just realized that the little boy um who H- ha helps get off. <laughs> um Dayu is, is called corin and his mother's nisha i think it's called so you know that's that that's the same names as corin horn and and his mother and you know with halcyon's name and the safe house and everything i'm just like this is going towards a corin horn but it seems like everybody else was two weeks ahead of me there well um and I, I that's fine but i, I just haven't really seen closed. that yet <laughs>
0: I hadn't really clocked any of it to be honest, because I don't I don't really care about current horn, but I just sort of I just sort of like heard people talking about it on, you know seeing people talking about it in the background on Twitter or whatever, and then yeah I don't know I I thought it would be funny to be a jerk and be like come on man everybody's across this or whatever when you when it you was funny this, but yeah
1: <laughs> but uh, but that, I think that's kind of cool because that links if it is current horn that links to both Rogue Squadron and Luke's Jedi School. Mm. Um, which the character Cornhorn sort of has a, a, a stakeholding in both mm. of those in, in the novels and and uh, wherever in the media he's featured in. So, yeah, I mean, he could be a potential full character for the Rogue Squadron movie if that ever sort of moves forward. Mm. Um, uh, and or if there's some kind of – and or, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and slash or mm. if there's uh, ever a series about Luke's Jedi Academy, he could be in that. Yeah, yeah. That would be kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's still sort of on the table, I guess, isn't it? Like, so,
1: mm.
0: yeah. And as, and then, as you say, I mean, if nothing else, he could be in, in the Rogue Squadron movie because, you know, we know nothing about that movie, really, like, you know, whether or not it's still happening and if it is happening, when it's going to be said or anything like that. So mm. plenty of scope for Corin to be in that.
1: This is another instance, really, of, of uh, them pulling a, beloved character from Legends and sticking it in Mm. in a slightly different way to to canon, like they did Mm. with Thrawn. Mm. Um, And I'm all for that kind of thing. I think it's brilliant. Mm. Yes, it's uh, saving what you love from (laughs) Legends. (laughs) You know, some some of Legends, let's be honest, was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, So we don't need to to re-canonize it all, but we can pick the good bits. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to re-canonize, you know, Luke Skywalker falling in love with a spaceship and 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 things like that. You know, we can, we can leave <laughs> some of those expanded universe stories behind. But but also uh, what you just said is, is funny because it sort of touches on something I've always sort of found funny about all the EU stuff and people being sad that the EU uh, was removed. And, you know, I, I get all that, but it's it's such a strange use of canon that we've sort of adapted in fandom because it's like, What's happening now is actually closer to the traditional meaning of canon, where you know the good things stick around mm, and yeah. become part of the canon. Not you know every story that's ever told ever is 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 kept around forever as part of as, as part of the canon. So yes. yeah, that's I, I'm I think it's a it's a, a smart way of doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um we we haven't really you know this is supposed to be we're supposed to be talking about episodes 4 and 5 here mm. um we haven't really delved much into 4 yet but uh, there were some cool moments in that and it very much followed the um the plot of a new hope or mm. at least the one of the plots of a new hope and mm. that was kind of interesting um, it
0: was it was interesting that you know that yeah part 4 was essentially episode 4 like those those parallels were sort of was sort of funny
1: mm. Uh, I mean, when you when you look deeper into it, there are parallels all the way through this. And, and uh, you know, I, I saw someone tweeting about this. I can't remember who it was, but, you know, the, it remains true that episode one of Obi-Wan Kenobi is essentially, you know, it's got a um, little kid in the desert world and an mm-hmm. older Jedi who sort of comes to look out for him and everything. And then episode two takes you into the underworld, like mm-hmm. um, the start of Attack of the Clones did.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's or, the only was- episode where we see a clone as well. Uh, because it's true. The, yeah, the, the, the clone uh, trooper.
1: Yeah, and then three essentially restages the Anakin Obi Wan fight, mm-hmm. but with a different outcome, which mm-hmm. is you know Revenge of the Sith, and and then four is essentially, as we said, the the prisoner rescue plot from Episode Four, mm. and uh, and this one five the Empire Strikes you know, Back. Yeah, it's it's very Empire Strikes Back, but it also has parallels with the middle episode of the sequel trilogy too. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about it you know, as we mentioned, the whole crate thing. But, yes, it, it does end with that kind of revelation that, you, you know, something bad is, is about to happen yeah. to our heroes or people they care about.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think that's a fun, I mean, that's probably a coincidence, but it's definitely something that occurred to me, like, watching the episodes. And it, it would be fun if it turns out that actually was, like, a little, you know, a little game. Joby Harold or whatever was, was playing with yeah. himself as he, as he wrote these episodes to try and, to try and fit in those parallels.
1: That's right. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, d- I just don't know what to expect from episode six. If we're, if we are sort of going along those lines, mm. it could come down to a, a, a three way confrontation, a three way confrontation, mm. um, Obi Wan, Riva and Vader again, um, in the same way that Luke, the emperor and Vader are thrown together mm. at the end of return of the Jedi. But I, I just don't know what the outcome of that would be. Um,
0: I also don't know what Reva's motivation, and, you know, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they have one, but I, I'm curious what Reva's motivation for going after Luke would be in episode six at this point. Like, you know, she can't, she can't sort of pull the, oh, I'm I'm getting information for Vader in order to get close to him so I can betray him card because Vader's not going to fall for that twice. I mean it turns out he didn't fall for it once, um, mm. you know. So is it just she thinks you might be able to get something that will hurt Vader by going to oh, Tatooine? Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's it, right?
1: Yeah, it's leverage. If, if mm. she's got Vader's kid, then, you know, she could say, right, give yourself up to me. Mm. Uh, lay, do- lay down your life for this kid, and he might do it, you know. Mm. It's, a, yeah, it's a strong piece of leverage for her. Mm. As you about, think of- I just say how, how she finds out that piece of information and connects all the dots.
0: I guess there's enough there where Mm. so if she sees, if she hears Bale talking about the other child, then she can sort of start piecing together like, oh, maybe that's not, you know, I don't know how widely known it is that, that Leia is not Bale's biological child. Um, uh, And then, Mm. you know, she, but either way, she can start piecing that together based on the fact that there are two children who have been split up and then she might go, okay, well, who was the actual father? And, you know, sort of make that connection with with Anakin, I guess.
1: Yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? When you think about the adoption process of Bale and Breha Organa, mm. Um, as opposed to, you know, Owen and Baru, like that, that would be fine. The baby just comes from somewhere. They could tell the local farmers anything, but the local farmers are the only ones who are likely to care. Mm. Bale and Breha are the king and queen of mm. a planet, essentially. Mm. Mm. Um, and imagine if, you know, Prince William and and uh, Kate just end up with some adopted baby <laughs> one day, and there's you know there's been no hint of a pregnancy in the media. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knows it's not her her baby really. And wouldn't you want to know where that baby came from? Wouldn't you want to know everything about that baby? Mm. Or it was a royal? That's what the media do, right? Mm. Um, Maybe the media or an older aunt are like a little more
0: advanced or civilized than ours. Maybe they're just like, oh, it's not about business. But, I mean, it or does...
1: State-controlled. State-controlled, yeah, possibly. State-controlled media. <laughs> it
0: does seem <laughs> unlikely it wouldn't attract a lot of coverage, though. So, yeah, I, uh, there's maybe there's a story there for them to flesh out. Maybe that could be a book or something one day, like how how was the actual, you know, the process of adopting Leia sort of... How did the logistics of that work out for...
1: Yeah. Because uh, I suppose it, it is canon, now, um how the galaxy faints out about Leia's parentage. Mm-hmm yeah um, in, with that uh, bloodline. in and bloodlines yeah so uh we we can't find out about her any earlier but we um we could find out about about luke and you know in in terms of that being exposed earlier
0: mm. yeah true i don't know um i mean i think whatever happens in episode 6 obviously there's no way darth vader can find out about about luke
1: um Unless Qui Gon then erases his memory. Unless he somehow <laughs> that,
0: I did I did have a second
1: of sitting there. It would there be a after, bit of a cheat though.
0: Yeah. I, I, I did yeah. have a second of sitting there after episode five thinking through like uh you know, can he find out about Luke? Like, is there any way where they can sort of is that you know, they've they've been good at sort of dancing through the, the raindrops through this series and, and finding little continuity gaps to tell their story in. You know, is there any way to do it where you can say, oh, we didn't know that Vader didn't know that before the, you know, before uh, the original trilogy? And the problem is they've already done this in the comics, in in the Marvel comics, because those, the writers of the Marvel comics figured out that, you know, noticed that, like, well, the Emperor sort of tells him that, you know, that Anakin Skywalker has a son, but we don't know if that's the first time Darth Vader's heard this information. And so... Mm -hmm remember in the early Marvel comics, they had that whole storyline where Darth Vader found out about the existence of, of his children. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, unless they just sort of go, you know, we go back to the, the bad old days of just saying, Oh, the Marvel comics don't count. Um, <laughs> then, then I don't, I don't really think they can, they can sort of play that card again.
1: And they can, if they're putting in deep cuts, like names of Jedi on the wall from mm. weird novels, they, they've got to pay attention to everything. And Mm, and and I'm sure they've they've been really good at that so far, yeah. Mm. Um, But I I can think of one other way that um, that Darth could find out about Luke and just not go after him. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously, Tatooine's very sandy, so (laughs) he he could just go. I'm not going there. I'm just not going there. If he comes off Tatooine, I'm. um, Yep, that's fine. I'll go after him, but not until he leaves. Because yeah, the second
0: he leaves Tatooine, I'm all over that. But until then,
1: yeah. Uh, Plus, it's where my mum died. And I, you know, I know I buried her, but I have no desire to visit that grave again because it's too sandy. Yeah. (laughs) Even though it's right where my son is... (laughs) <laughs> and I've I've been through this a dozen times. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest plan.
0: It's so bad, but and that's and that's the only that is the explanation I think we arrive at every time we talk this through together is just yeah. the idea that Obi Wan's really relying on the fact that Darth would never want to go that you know Anakin would never want to go back to Tatooine. Um, yeah, he's really counting on that for for his plan mm. to, to to work. Um, yeah. Speaking uh, of Anakin, the- sorry.
1: Yes, I was going to say the, the one big thing in episode five we haven't really discussed yet is the flashback scenes.
0: Yeah, that was awesome, right? Like to, to yeah. start the episode with that as well, like was such a, yeah. you know, like, oh my God, we're, we're doing this. Like this is, yeah. this is happening. We're just jumping straight into it.
1: That's right. And, and uh, you know, to, to have it sort of not just be gratuitous as a flashback, but to actually, you know, Signify the theme of the whole episode mm. is that Mm-mm. yes, Anakin has this blind spot. This is what gets to him. Mm. You know, it's uh, it was fantastic, really good, um, and the uh, the technology wasn't bad. You know, the they the used to to de-age them wasn't bad, right?
0: As I feel, I feel you're baiting me here because we have talked about this through the week. I uh, look. Uh, my, my, uh, what, I've come to the conclusion that either they didn't really use the de-aging technology for Hayden here, or they've been using it for all of his public appearances to promote Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. <laughs>
1: because,
0: you know, Hayden's still a relatively youthful looking guy. You know, we all wish we'd look as good as Hayden Christensen does at, at, at 40 odd. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of felt to me like that was enough for the people making the show. Like, I don't know. I, he
1: didn't look super young to me. Did he, did he look super de-aged to you? Not super de-aged, no, but, but you know what? I, when Hayden came back out for the press tour for this and everything, mm. every time I looked at him, I was like, he looks fantastic. He looks mm. so much more interesting and, and lived in and, mm. you know, still, still handsome, mm. obviously, but, he did, you know. He, he's he's really grown into his looks in in mm-hmm. a way that you know it's not so. I mean, when episode two first came out, I remember thinking oh, yeah, he looks a bit sort of generic. You know, he could be anyone really. <laughs> uh, but I think Hayden now looks looks like a great character actor. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I just want to see more of his actual face, so I didn't really mind that much.
0: No, I mean it didn't take me out of the episode or anything. Like, don't get yeah, no. I still I thought those scenes were fantastic. I just, you know, this is one of those things. And there's a lot of things about Star Wars that I sort of think are uh, kind of funny, but I it doesn't actually detract yeah. from my enjoyment <laughs> of it at all. And that was definitely yeah. one of those, the, the, you know, I, I think uh, it was just funny to me that they had Hayden Christensen and they were like, we want to do this flashback with him and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, and you know, surely at some stage of the, of the creative process, they sort of mapped out, okay, when when does this need to be set? And they mm-hmm. could have said, you know, let's go Revenge of the Sith late Clone Wars era, you know, sort of towards the edge of the oldest you can kind of cast Hayden as Anakin, you know, with the longer hair and he looks more mature or whatever, and someone was like, no. It specifically (laughs) has to be Padawan, Attack of the Clones, Anakin Skywalker... We need a 40-year-old with a Padawan braid or it just won't work. (laughs) And and it was very sort of, you know, Nick and as Fall Out Boy to me. Like, it was very sort of like, you know, it's like, did we need him to have the Padawan braid? That's all I'm saying. Like, that was a bit like, okay, it really looks like, you know, he's trying on an old costume here or something. Um, But But... You you did need it story wise, right? Because yeah. it all sort of comes back to that. You know, always a Padawan will you be? Line yep. from Obi Wan to Anakin.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so cool, and it and to me it, it it reinforces that when I left you, I was but the learner. Mm. Now I am the master, and and mm-hmm. I think that you know he that 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 kind of reinforces to me that he considers that when when he left him, that was when he ceased to be his Padawan. Mm. You know, not when when he last saw him. You know,
0: mm. yeah, that's a, that's a, like, I hadn't really considered that interpretation of that line, but that's, mm. you know, even if, yeah. and I, it's unlikely because as we, as we just said, I mean, they're probably going to bring Darth Vader back into it for episode six, but even if their final, the confrontation we just saw ends up being the last time those guys meet before a new hope, mm-hmm. I mean, that line is still intact, right?
1: Yeah, Obi Wan yeah.
0: got the better of him. Obi Wan tricked him. Obi Wan exploited yep. his weakness and his impatience and his arrogance. And yeah, I mean that he, you know, he's still the master at, at this point. Yeah. Obi Wan. Darth is still the winner.
1: In my opinion, um, Ewan McGregor has given one of the performances of his lifetime in this in this series. Mm. I I just think it's it's fantastic, mm. and it's something you know we don't see often with jedi even with with luke who was in the same kind of situation we we didn't really see him scared or desperate you know in the same way that we see obi-wan in a lot of this you know Mm. and and completely that haunted yeah he's
0: a haunted man absolutely
1: yeah yep yeah there's and uh, and, you know still still sort of discovering his way back to being a powerful force user Mm. And being a good lightsaber fighter, you know, it's it's like he's lost a lot of those skills. Mm. They've atrophied, which kind of also explains why Alec Guinness just kind of stands and waves his blade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although Obi-Wan's, you know, getting pretty good with the blade again by, uh, is, yeah. most of this episode is when he, when, as he's fighting off all the troopers and stuff. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. We've talked, we talked about in episode three how we love the, um, the lightsaber's actual light source uh, mm. technology that, that played on uh, really good on that um, open, you know, mine set. Mm. But uh, in episode four, when he pops up out of the darkness to take the two troopers out. So a, such a good scene. Yeah.
0: That was, um that was the first episode I watched on, like I bought a new TV a couple of weeks ago or Ooh, nice. recently. And cause I'd had my old TV forever. And it was like, it was fine, but it, you know, It, 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 it wasn't winning any, uh, it wasn't winning any awards. And then the, this, uh, this new one I got, like, you know, it's the first one I've had with like HDR and 4k and Dolby vision and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And yet that scene where the light, the lightsaber lit up in the, in the dark and he, he takes out those troopers. I was like, Oh my God, this is like, this is like a tech demo. Like this, this looks so good. (laughs) Like it looks incredible. That's,
1: That's awesome. That um, you haven't played Fallen Order, have you? I um, have.
0: I'm only about... Oh, you have, yeah. I have, but I only got about halfway through it and then I got distracted and, and then I was like, I don't remember what any of the buttons do. I, I'm never coming back to this. But, but in theory, <laughs> at some point, I will come back to it.
1: Yeah, because um, the Fortress Inquisitorious has a large role to play towards the end of that game. Mm. Um, And, you know, I don't want to do any spoilers for you specifically, but I don't really <laughs> want to do any spoilers for anyone. But um so you know, if you're spoiler averse, fast forward about two minutes now, I suppose. But uh do you mind if I tell you? No, nah, go for the it. Link the links. Go for it. That tu- that tunnel that um, they fight in in the mm. Fortress Inquisitorius is the same tunnel that there's a fight in in the game, mm-hmm. and the and then it gets flooded too. <laughs> 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 it's just hilarious. The windows blow in. And you know, just like so this is, is really...
0: own design flaw with this headquarters, yeah. and the, yeah, so yeah. so
1: they've they've just fixed it right back up again to the way it was and gone, oh, well, this could never happen twice <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. <laughs> They're like, this is a once in a hundred years event. this yeah. is, you know <laughs> this is never happening again.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> But yeah, ni- nice to see that building um, on screen. It's it's pretty eerie, you know, um, mm. coming out of the ocean there and going all the way down. And uh, obviously, we we saw we haven't talked about the um, the, tomb. Um, the tomb, the homage to uh, Boromir's line in mm. Lord of the Rings. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is no mine. This is a tomb.
0: Do we do we think it's, there's any significance to that in terms of like them holding onto those bodies and what appears to be you know. Amber like is there
1: uh, yeah you know are we, are I would we, say they're they're probably trying to do the same thing that they want Grogu for
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know to I guess clone force users or find some way to create a body for Palpatine that will keep him alive forever like the mm-hmm. Snook experiments mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's probably the star of that they were saying but um it was sad to see the old Jedi investigator guy in there you know mm-hmm. the guy with the cane yeah, I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. From the yeah, lightsaber from the-
0: episode. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. And there, and a youngling as well. Super mm-hmm. Youngling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pull one out for all the all
0: the Jedi. Yeah. People. sad, sad <laughs> stuff. Poor guys. Mm-hmm. Speaking of younglings, that was um that was pretty heavy in this episode. I know I think we talked on our first or second episode recap about the um the fact that a lot of people had pointed out after episode one that, you know, oh, this is kind of unfortunate timing to show, you know, the younglings under attack in Order 66 um, the same week that, you know, the latest school shooting had happened or whatever, and yeah. to which I think our thing was kind of like, well, I mean, you know, Order 66 has been part of Star Wars for a long time and unfortunately these school shootings are, like, depressingly common, so it, that was always going to... You know that timing was always going to line up in an unfortunate way at some point, but yeah. man, this this episode was particularly heavy. In the in the you know the scene where she sort of says like, "Yeah, I, I played dead amongst the you know I laid laid down amongst the dead bodies of the other younglings to survive." You're like, because there's you know there's literally been a kid come forward and say that that's what they did to survive. The yeah. Dead shooting or whatever so yeah that that hit home like a lot harder than you're expecting in a in a star wars story
1: sure did this this has been the darkest star mm. wars yet i think mm. you know we've gone from what is it the f- the first episode there's a dude hanged at the end of it mm. yeah in the village square and then you know we've got vader snapping necks and dragging people through the streets in episode mm. three mm. and burning people and yeah it's it, it's pretty brutal
0: Every time there's one of those moments, there's just extremely dark moments in the show. I just think back to like, you know, Kathleen Kennedy talking about like this is the lighter, happier version of this show. Like the, the first draft of this show was actually a lot darker, and then they brought in Joby Harrell to rewrite it and make it more optimistic. And, he, and he's kind of like, oh, yeah. dear God, like what was happening in the, you know, in the original <laughs> draft of this series?
1: Yes. Oh well. I'd I'd love to see that script. Mm.
0: <laughs> any, uh, uh, any, any sort of final thoughts before we um, leave these episodes behind and 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 you know start looking forward to, to watching episode six in a couple days, Baz?
1: Um, only that I hope there's no gut shot hits in episode six. <laughs> I want some certainty. <laughs> <laughs> I still, um, I'm really, I'm really enjoying Kumail Nanjani, but I still don't know whether I should trust him. You know, I know I think that we he- we can trust him. You think we can trust him? I yeah. think we can trust him. All right. Him. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's
0: particularly competent, that character, but, but I think, I don't think he's, uh, I think his intentions are good. Yeah. You know, and yeah, obviously um, he's, he's an entrepreneurial soul. He's going to try and skim a little off the top if he can, mm-hmm. but I think he's basically a good guy.
1: Basically a good guy. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I just think he got away from Riva a bit too easily and off screen. Mm. Mm. You know? Um, so it remains to be seen whether he's been forced into doing stuff for her or not. But it seems like she didn't even need him to. Yeah.
0: No, that's the thing. He dropped that communicator of his own accord. So yeah. he didn't, you know, that was that's what I mean. Like, we I mean, maybe can't trust him in the sense that like don't give him any important jobs because he'll yeah. mess them up, but I mean, but I don't think he's a bad guy per se.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's giving a great performance too. They're all yeah. on form, yeah. Um, Vivian of Blair continues to be amazing as Leia. I, I think she's really good.
0: Loved her in this episode, loved that moment in episode five, loved that moment with Obi-Wan sort of doing the, you know, get this man a shield, but with, you know, the Leia <laughs> and, and, and a ladder. Uh, that was yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, you know, and, I do wonder why. Like, that I mean, this is it's just nitpicking, but I do wonder why at the end of episode four they didn't just go straight to Alderaan with everybody. Mm. Like, surely, if the ultimate goal of the path is to get everyone's safety, like I'm pretty sure Bail Organa would be friendly towards fugitive Jedi and do whatever he could to hide them. You know, they should have just gone straight there.
0: Maybe they were worried that, like, that would sort of compromise Alderaan like maybe maybe that maybe yeah. they are eventually going to Alderaan but they're sort of taking the long way around so that it's not like too
1: yeah yeah
0: like it wouldn't surprise me if that's ultimately where all the people on the path are ending up but they're not sort of going there by the shipload you know like it's probably like they're sort of splitting up first so it's not too obvious that they're all they're all ending up there
1: yeah yeah yeah, but it's probably right. But yeah, I just th- I think of poor old Bale Organa and how freaked out he must be. You know, of course, he sent that message like, "I don't know where you are, or w- what mm-hmm. you're doing, but I hope everything is going well." Yeah. <laughs> and and here's some information I really shouldn't say. I really shouldn't channel. be saying it yeah, um, <laughs> over
0: an unincredited <laughs> communicator. Well, you know, you know what, Baz. I you know you know what you you know what just occurred to me. You know what would have solved this entire uh, storyline is if Obi-Wan Kenobi was using his Rasbahan communicator, none of this would have happened. The message would have been encrypted, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so range long range there. Yeah. It's very well made piece of kit. It is Um, highly recommend it to anyone out there that you, 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 you grab your, uh, your Rasbahan communicator as seen in Star Wars Brotherhood. Uh, You know, because that would have solved all these all these problems that Bale has now introduced in this episode.
1: Yeah, it's it's a five star uh, communicator. <laughs> can't, can't speak more highly of it. It's, yeah. It does everything you could possibly want. It's got some great stuff in the app store. It, you know, <laughs> we're it, at it exactly can actually
0: the time, You know, yeah, we're, we're always oh, yeah. sort of you know we're testing it. We're we're getting feedback from you know Jedi who are using it and and throwing in new features for sure.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so, yeah, don't use substandard communicators. No. Uh, is is the lesson from this series?
0: Yeah, I think that is really the overarching theme um, of the entire series, and and, mm-hmm. and you know really, really sort of was driven home in that in that final scene.
1: If Obi Wan wishes he had that the the, the communicator that he once had mm. um, in this episode, yeah, just for a that real reason sort of tragedy. That's
0: yeah. why he looks so haunted at the end. He's yeah. Like, if I had cool? my Raz communicator, this would never have happened.
1: Where, where did I leave that thing? Where did that's, I leave that? That's thing? what he's yeah. thinking, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It hasn't even occurred to him that he's lost the Bale Organa one yet. <laughs> <laughs> one one no thing dude. I am looking forward to after this episode, Baz, is um, at the conclusion of episode six, uh, apparently they're going to drop the soundtrack for the whole series. Ooh. Um, because usually with these shows, they've sort of dropped a soundtrack. Um, I think how they've usually done it is like they dropped the theme after the first episode and then sort of the, you know, the first half of the season after the first like four episodes or whatever, and then the second half of the soundtrack after the last episode. Um, but with this one, they've sort of deliberately held the whole thing back from any of the, you know, any of the places where you, where you stream music. Uh, so yeah, apparently that'll all be uh, online after the finale is on Wednesday, so that'll be cool. I
1: mean- That's good. I'm good yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Cause I remember getting the CD soundtrack of Phantom Menace about a month before I saw the film. And there's a <laughs> and track on there called Perfectly. Yeah, there's a track on there called The Death of Qui-Gon. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm quite happy to wait. Yeah. Yeah. But the oh the soundtrack has been immense. That this the um soundtrack to the fight between Reva and Vader mm. was so good. Mm.
0: Oh, I cannot wait to just be able to listen to this new Darth Vader theme on repeat. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, you know, I've seen people say, Oh, they should have used the Imperial March. And I'm like, are you like deaf? This new thing. I mean, yeah, sure. The Imperial March is awesome, but this new theme is great. Like I'd rather have a cool new thing than just keep reusing the old thing again and again and again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Imperial March is the, is the theme for when he's like the, you know, CEO of the company. Mm. Like this is when he's the hotshot young guy coming up through the ranks. Yeah, this it's is different. when he's angry. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This is yeah. Terminator,
0: Darth Vader. This is
1: like, you know, this is the, this is Darth
0: Vader on a mission. It's it's pretty cool. Mm. All right, Buzz. Well, we will reconvene in a couple of days and and do this again. Uh, for yeah. Episode
1: six, um, and then the week after for seven, and yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, you can follow us at all the, the usual channels. Uh, we are at Force Material. Um, you can also drop us a line at uh, forcematerial at gmail.com. You can follow Baz at Baz McAllister on Twitter. Correct. And I am Rowan underscore Williams on Twitter. There's always a slight question mark in my voice there because I'm never sure if that's actually it. But I'm.
1: It's true. It. It's true. You are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, big shout out and thanks to everybody who's sort of been at us on Twitter. When's the next episode and everything else? It's really nice. It's really <laughs> it nice to no, see people who are yeah. still engaged. Yeah. So so this one's for you, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we uh, it didn't sort of work out for us to be able to do one last week, but we've, we've, we've you know, done the, the double this week and then, uh, yeah, look at, well, I think we'll do it probably a pretty long one after the finale uh, oh, yeah. next week. So
1: anyway, I'm Ron Williams. I'm Baz McAllister.
0: And you've just taken your first step into a larger world.